Spooky, aside from the regular, you know, like being an adult? No, I don't think so. I've been busy, so I feel like a ghost could literally be walking around my house and I wouldn't even notice it because I've just been so busy. Yeah, I've been up to my eyes. I'm trying to get stuff ready. I'm going away to Denmark and I need to get everything organized before I go. Oh boy. Exciting times. Yeah, being an, being an adult is pretty much the scariest thing at the moment. Ugh, it's not even like fun scary, you know? No. Like having a ghost it's... is a little bit exciting, but ugh, bills, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> Give me a poltergeist any day, you know? It's no nightmare realm. No. <laughs> Little uh, a PSA here for our listeners. Uh, if you're an adult, you probably already know. But uh, I'll say it to remind you. And if you're not yet an adult, this is going to prepare you. This is like, there's a huge secret. I'm pretty sure for one conspiracy reason or another, it isn't taught at school. But I'm just going to bust it wide open, Kaylee. All right. Every adult has no idea what they're doing. We all just pretend to know what's going on and try our best. Yeah, it's true. Like, it is. <laughs> Everybody. Yep. It, and it worries me sometimes because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Does my doctor know what he's doing? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure aspects of it, people know exactly what they're doing, like doctors. But, you know. <laughs> okay. I feel like I just cancelled out your, your statement. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, life makes no sense. Every day is everyone's first go at that day. So uh, remember that. Look forward to it. It's very encouraging for a paranormal podcast. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Did you just curse everybody, like, secretly? Yeah, maybe. It was secret words tossed in there. <laughs> yeah, someone are on, like, a hidden frequency that's, like, setting off sleeper agents. Or you're trying to start a cult. That's one of the two. Maybe, maybe. I would join my cult. I wouldn't. <laughs> no offense, I guess. All taken. <laughs> this week, uh, we're going to look at the Bell Witch haunting. Have you ever heard of the Bell Witch, Kelly? I ha- I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting it mixed up with the Blair Witch or the Bell Witch. I'm pretty sure I've heard of the Bell Witch, but uh, I don't know much. Well, this is I I think in a roundabout way, like this would have been one of the earliest cases of a witch haunting or like you know a witch bothering people, and it's also kind of unseen. So in a roundabout way, it does inspire the Blair Witch film. Ah, it's ye old Blair Witch. Kinda, yeah. Um, I wasn't thinking that when I saw it, when I was reading about it. Uh, but to be fair, I also haven't watched the Blair Witch, so you're not missing much. My entire knowledge is based on like the zeitgeist. Yeah, you should watch the Scooby Doo version of it. That's better. I mean. I'm here for Scooby-Doo. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's actually an animated version of the Blair. Well, not animated. It's filmed, but they have the cartoon characters inserted into the movie. And they're all just like, jinkies. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty good. This is the content that we need. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard of the Bell Witch until I started my research. And it's wild. A lot happens. There are so many different written accounts. So let's get into it. John Bell was a farmer in Tennessee. And so that's in the southern half of North America. He lived there with his wife and six children in a place called Red River, which is now the area of Adams, Tennessee. He had a fair bit of land and a successful farm. Anywho, in 1817, John was out in his fields when he saw a strange-looking animal, a dog-like creature sitting down in the middle of a corn row. (gasps) 
Was it the Gumbaroo? I wish. Imagine. <laughs> to return. Just starts wheeling off into the distance. Just crushing all the corn. Oh, that wouldn't be very good. Whenever I'm, you know, reading an account or I hear an account and some, like, this was like with the phantom cats. When something gets described as dog-like, I think to myself, ah, so it's just a dog that you didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know? Well, like, I would argue that like a fox is kind of dog-like. Like, it's not a dog. Absolutely. But at first glance, you could mistake it for a dog. So that's what I would think of as dog-like. Yeah. Kind of like the uh, the chupacabra as well. It's dog-like. I suppose dogs have a certain stance, don't they? They kind of have a way of holding themselves. Yeah, I think it depends on the dog as like well. If you were to see like a silhouette. Yeah, 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 I suppose. Anyway, like I was saying, there's so many accounts of this. There's so many different descriptions of like differing dog-likeness. One, one had, it's like a body of a dog, head of a rabbit, or like a two-headed dog. So uh, take it with twice you know, the pets of salt. Yeah, twice the pets. Well, that's why God gave us two hands. <laughs> to pet a two-headed dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, like one of the earliest accounts of the story, or I suppose it's reportedly summing up the earliest account of it. There's this book called An Authenticated History of the Bell Witch, and it was written by Martin V. Ingram, an editor of a newspaper. He wrote it in 1894. It's kind of the closest thing. Like that. That's a huge time gap from when all this happens, but supposedly featured a manuscript diary about that time by Richard Bell who was John's son so uh, his book The Authenticated History of the Bell Witch describes this encounter Mr. Bell while walking through his cornfield was confronted by a strange animal unlike any he had ever seen sitting in a corn row gazing steadfastly at him as he approached nearer he concluded that it was probably a dog and having his gun in hand shot at it when the animal ran off so that's a normal thing to do if you see a dog just try shoot it yeah, especially like back then when a dog could eat your entire livestock. Yeah. He doesn't really think much of this fact. Like, he, he goes on with his, the rest of his life. Which kind of leads me to believe that it is just a dog, at least in this version <laughs> of the story. Yeah, this is Miss Dog and Nose. That was bad. <laughs> it, was, uh, it had the body of a dog and the head of a dog. Uh, a few days later, however, his son Drew sees a bird perched on a fence. He thinks it might be a wild turkey and he runs to the house to fetch a gun to go shoot it. I quote, As he approached within shooting distance, the bird flapped its wings and sailed off, and then he was mystified in discovering that it was not a turkey, but some unknown bird of extraordinary size. Wow. wonder what it was. Pterodactyl. Yeah. That's my guess. A, a pteranodon. Yeah. Or that other one beginning with A and has an X in it that I just can't pronounce. That's, uh, that's Elon Musk's child. <laughs> <laughs> then there was a strange noticed by his daughter. Betsy walked out one evening soon after this with the children among the big forest trees near the house and saw something which she described as a pretty little girl dressed in green swinging to a limb of a tall oak. The book the book says that their servant, and by servant it means enslaved man, Dean reported that a large black dog came in the road front of him at a certain place. Every night he went to go visit his wife Kate. The dog belonged to Alex Gunn and trotted along before him to the cabin door and then disappeared. Still, however, things are recorded as being pretty relaxed for some reason. These strange apparitions, however, passed for the time unnoticed, exciting no apprehensions whatsoever. Very soon, there came a strange knocking at the door and on the walls of the house, which could not be detected. Later on, the disturbance commenced within the house, first in the room occupied by the boys, and appeared like rats gnawing at the bedposts, then like dogs fighting, and also a noise like trace chains dragging over the floor. As soon as a candle was lighted to investigate the disturbance, the noise would cease and screams would be heard from Betsy's room. 
something was after her and the girl was frightened nearly out of her life. Hmm. Sounds kind of like a vampire at this stage. Yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't vampires producing strange noises like in the extended lore of vampires they can do like prestidigitations. Yeah, yeah, I think so. At this point, John Bell started experiencing an affliction. A paralysis of the mouth. It was a stiffness of the tongue uh, which came suddenly and for a time when these spells were on he could not eat. He described it as feeling like a small stick of wood crosswise in his mouth pressing out both cheeks and when he attempted to eat it would push the victuals out of his mouth. What? Oh. that That's like the worst curse ever. It's I like know, um, right? the Stephen King book. Uh, oh, what's it called? The one where your mind gets really skinny. I think it's just called thinner or something. But that's that's a horrible curse. Oh my god. Yeah, anything with food, that's just Yeah, not a fan. Not a good way to to, to go either, not being able to eat. No. So after that, the occurrences grew in intensity and became more violent. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help it out. We have a Patreon and that's a great way to directly support the podcast. A little money does go a long way to help us put out an episode every week and you'll get access to our Discord where we're always chatting and posting stuff about and in between episodes. That's over at www.patreon.com forward slash paranormal hotline. We are also on social media and if you are too, you should consider following us there. On Instagram, we go by paranormal hotline and that's where we post pictures from our adventures and investigations. And on Twitter, we are paranormalhl. That's a good place to get in touch with us. Finally, you can help us out for free! free! by rating the podcast wherever you listen to it. And don't forget to subscribe if you want to get it as soon as it comes out each week. It wasn't long before the children started complaining about something pulling their bed covers and throwing their pillows onto the floor. Whatever entities started hurting the children, pulling their hair and scratching them. In particular, it locked onto the daughter Betsy, who was slapped, pinched and stuck with pins, often leaving welts and handprints on her face and body. Jeez. So, John Bell, he had wanted to keep these family troubles secret, but it got too much for the family. So he went to his friend, James Johnson, for help. Johnson decided to spend the night at the Bell home with his wife. Everything was calm at first, but once they went to bed, they were soon subjected to the same bizarre disturbances that the Bell family had been experiencing. During the night, their bed covers were suddenly yanked off and James was even slapped. In a moment of bravery, James leapt out of bed and demanded to know the entity's identity and purpose in the name of the Lord! Oh, good God. That's what I'm asking people in the future when I'm asking for their pronouns. <laughs> yeah, what's your entity's identity? Yeah. However, the entity remained silent and the rest of the night was uneventful. The next morning, Mr. Johnston gave his thoughts to the bells. The culprit was likely a spirit, just like in the Bible. Right, so at this stage they're thinking ghost, right? Something. Right. They don't know what it is. It's just there. there is... It's like a force. There's like an invisible force that's kind of like harming them pretty much. Something. It, it, it sounds like poltergeist activity, really. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm just wondering if they had a poltergeist in their house and blamed it on a woman. <laughs> but I don't know the yeah, rest of the a, story. It's a witch. It's a witch. It's a <laughs> Burn the witch. <laughs> there's, there's like a poltergeist. Like, you know, guys, I'm a poltergeist, not a witch. <laughs> it's witch slander is what this is. If it was like a demon, that would be like the goal of the demon, though, wouldn't it? To like cause the confusion and get a woman murdered. Demon's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting a bonus for this one. Well, it is called a witch, but at no point in this does it like do any like hocus pocus, dominocus, oh. or um, yeah, that's not really a spoiler. But like, so far it's kind of given like like the movie witch vibe. Yes, I I love that movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it would be later in time than then, but it's a similar sort of Situation. strange things are happening. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, though, I just think that witch is used as a word. Okay. Yeah, no point is from my reading of it anyway did like was there a huge like very specific like imagery of pointy hat woman running around with a broomstick yeah Yeah. so now the word of the haunting spreads and people start to show up to see it people start asking the entity and when it gets asked it gives a series of different answers to what it is or its source for instance a spirit hunting a lost tooth a spirit that had returned to reveal the location of buried treasure and like that ended up sending like his son's off on like a wild goose chase this demon is like having the time of its life (laughs) imagine people being like why are you here communicate with us it's like (laughs) I'm missing my tooth (laughs) and then sending them off to look for buried treasure (laughs) yeah it's like oh what did it say today well if you want to grab that shovel (laughs) what are you doing this evening you know it'd be really funny if they dug a hole but just in the hole there's just a tooth <laughs> one of the things I said then was the spirit of a child buried in North Carolina it told John Johnson son of James Johnson the family's friend that it was his stepmother's witch oh okay. so that's the language that he was using in the book I think it like your stepmother was a witch and I'm her spirit oh not entirely sure okay uh one of the other things that may, like alludes to in one of the accounts is that, oh, there's a Native American burial ground and I'm a result of that. So it's actually a really early instance of that classic horror trope. Yeah. That is like probably the earliest instance I've ever heard of that, to be honest. It's, it's, the it's a relatively modern thing from like horror movies, I find. But apparently not. So now that like these more full conversations are emerging, it's like... It can speak. How is it communicating? It's a voice. Oh, that's... No. (laughs) No. I don't fuck with that. It was claimed that the spirit repeated word for word two sermons that were given 13 miles apart at the same time as they were happening. What? How would anyone know? That's a great question, (laughs) Kaylee. It's like they can phone them and ask them, hey, did the voice say that thing at this minute? Yeah. You need to have two people then, like, remember the sermons and when they happen and then, like, talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how... That was just one of these things that was written in the book and it's like, okay. (laughs) The entity or the witch was well acquainted with biblical text and enjoyed, like, discussing the Bible and having, like, religious arguments and could, like, quote many passages... So it was religious. It had a religious knowledge, yes. Or was it like, is it like a demon that's doing it like sarcastically? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, I assume it, because like, by the sounds of it, it's like actually doing sermons, which is a bit odd for a demon. That is kind of how it is made out as well in, the, in like the account that I read. Odd. It's, it is like said, like it delivered two sermons. That's so weird. Everyone's at the house, you know, showing up and they're asking it these things and it gets all these kind of like twisty answers. Eventually... The local reverend, James Gunn, writer-director of Guardians of the Galaxy, oh my asked God. the entity. It's just a coincidence. Is that his name? His name is actually James Gunn. It is actually James Gunn. That's yeah. funny. The dog that appeared and then disappeared when your man was walking uh, to meet his wife, I think the dog was also owned by someone called okay. Alex Gunn, who could be a relation. It's a name in the area. Apparently, when he did ask the witch, he did so in a way that left no room for like maneuvering like a politician, you know, avoiding the question or like misleading because the witch replied saying that Brother Gunn had put the question in a way that could be no longer evaded 
and it would not do to tell the preacher a flat lie. And, if the plain truth must be known, it was nobody else and nothing but old Kate Bat's witch, determined to torment old Jack Bell out of his life. Badass. Badass. We love, we love a strong woman. I've seen the name Kate Bats mentioned elsewhere, and it's like... That's a badass name. It is. And it was kind of like a note saying, when, when John Bell moved to Tennessee, the land that he bought, he was either in like in a bidding war or he, or he did her out of it. Oh. I think. So that's one potential thing as well. Like, that's why she like she's back and she has a vengeance. Are we sure they're not like Irish descendants because fighting over land and... I know, right? <laughs> this is all sounding a bit Irish. <laughs> it was incredibly familiar. Yeah. The witch was being a prick to visitors the whole time. One account has this sceptical Englishman stop in to investigate. As he spoke about his family in England, the witch suddenly began to mimic the accents of his English parents. And then that night when he was like staying over, the witch woke him up by imitating the voices of his parents, expressing their concern for him. Oh my God. (laughs) So it left him feeling so uneasy. He like quickly left the, the bell home the next morning I would have left immediately he waited till the morning yeah but then he wrote a letter to the Bell family apologising for his initial scepticism explaining that the entity had also visited his family back in England oh my god what it travelled across to England yeah so that's like one of the, the things we can extrapolate or like one of the other claims is that it can sometimes be in two places at once okay kind of maybe how that's how it did the sermon or it can so like, you think it like it it can translate through space or something Right, that, that would be kind of handy, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I suppose it's teleport. We all translate, but yeah. I wonder how it got across to England. Does it like does it teleport there? Like, is it there instantly? That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Or, I don't or know. Or does it like fly across fly. the sea at walking pace? <laughs> like, as the that night. Well, yeah. In the accounts from an authenticated history of the Bell Witch, the witch is also horrifically racist. Oh no! She spits on the family's enslaved workers and harasses them constantly. Doesn't let them into the house. Jesus um, I'm not going to quote anything because it was a very racist, uncomfortable read. Uh, the witch swore to, to end John Bell. And uh, on the morning of December 20th, 1820, John Bell took his last breath after slipping into a coma the day before. After his passing, his family discovered a vial of strange black liquid in their cupboard. Hmm. Uh, inquisitively, and in a strange term of events, his son John, I suppose John Jr., th- so many people are called John, popular time at the name name at the time he decided to sprinkle two drops of the liquid onto the tongue of their cat oh no why would he do that I know this I don't get it poor kitty cat almost immediately this is how it's described almost immediately the cat jumped up into the air and was dead by the time it hit the ground that's upsetting poor kitty and then yeah and then the entity declared I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night which fixed him Oh my god. What the hell? What is wrong with this this witch? So then John Jr. he throws the vial into the fireplace and it bursts into a bright blue flame and shoots up the chimney. That's kind of badass. Yeah. What was it, I wonder? Hmm. Ah, we can get to that maybe. If that wasn't bad enough, the witch then crashes the funeral and disturbs the mourners by singing drinking songs. Oh my god. What do you even do at that stage? Like, what do you do? How do you get rid of this pest? He's dead and she's still being harassing them. Like We're getting there. So after the death, things kind of started maybe calming down. Betsy was older now and the witch really hated the daughter Betsy wanting to get with this local lad, Joshua Gardner. Wait, so it's still hanging around? 
Like, way after the funeral. The next year. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's taunting her, and it's like physically abusing her. Joshua and Betsy, they kind of remain attached, but she calls off their engagement in 1821 in fear of the witch coming back in a real way. In April, the same year, shortly after Betsy breaks off the engagement, the entity visited John's widow, Lucy Bell, and told her that it was leaving, but it would return in seven years. Oh, good God. Why seven years? Like, just fuck off. I know, yeah. By accounts, like, it treated Lucy nicely in the past. Like, it was horrific to everyone, but I think Lucy and one of her sons, like, it would comfort. Oh, okay. Well, like, it killed her husband, so... Yeah, yeah. It reportedly did show up and, like, chatted seven years later. And, like, it also said that it would show up in, like, 1935. Did it? I'm not entirely sure if it did. No. It's, like, out for question. Did it? You know. Hmm, is it ever going to come back again? No, I don't think there was any promise later return. Yeah, in in 1934, the great-grandson of John Bell, he was like a doctor, and he published a book about the Bell Witch, saying, you know, because it's going to show up the next year, and then we don't know whether or not she returned in 1935. Aw, so she could be back at any stage. Yeah, that or we're just not aware of it if she did. Oh, okay. Damn. That's cool. I mean, what a horrible ghost or a witch or whatever you want to call it. I don't know why it's called a witch, to be honest. <laughs> That's the same thing. I I was going into it. I was like, why is it a witch? Is it just because it was a female ghost? The language thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's it, you know. But like, I think it's witch slander. I thought witches were like women who made deals with the devil. Like back then, that's what they thought. And uh, it sounds like she was very religious. Yeah, I'd, I'm not sure. Genuinely not. A pest, nonetheless. Let's put it that way. A pest. A ye old pest. There is, like, additional legend that General Andrew Jackson, who would later become the seventh president of America... Whoa. So For some reason, this is, like, turning into, like, President Watch. I always <laughs> find a way <laughs> to, like, mention you the You always president. find a way to mention presidents. I always find a way to link them to world disasters. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Jackson apparently heard the occurrence and he went to go visit. He brought a wagon of supplies for him and his men. Presidents used to be so cool, man. (laughs) So, as they approached, the the wagon got stuck in place. Jackson exclaimed, By the eternal, boys, it is the witch. (laughs) A a metallic voice was heard in the vegetation. All right, General, let the wagon move on. I'll see you again tonight. And the horses started moving again. Is that a threat or a promise? Like, Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Instead of camping out, they stayed at the Bell home that evening. One of like Jackson's men or like members of the party was a witch layer or hunter. And he was like boasting of like his exploits. Wow. They had a witcher with them. Yeah. <laughs> and an actual witch. <laughs> yeah. So then like Andrew Jackson, he's tired of this man talking shit. And he goes... By the Eternals, I do wish the thing would come. I want to see him run. And the like, the witch shows up and taunts the witch slayer to try shoot her. And his <laughs> his his gun won't go? fire. How does that go? Come on, shoot me, man! Shoot me! It's like, where are you? <laughs> shoot a voice like his gun wouldn't yeah. fire. Yeah, That's his gun fire. doesn't fire. And the witch goes, "I'll teach you a lesson." And like, I presume invisibly appears to beat the man and lead him out the door by his nose. Jesus Christ. And then Andrew Jackson goes, By the eternal, boys. I never saw so much fun in all my life. This beats fighting the British. (laughs) What the 
I didn't expect the story to become president versus witch. I know. The witch then tells Jackson that she would uncover another rascal the next night. So uh, that morning, his men choose to leave for home as they are apprehensive as to who was next. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so, now, I do want to say, there is no evidence that Andrew Jackson visited the family home. Oh, okay, okay. Aside from this account. That's hilarious, though. My God. Imagine if Biden was like, I fought a witch last night, and it was the funniest thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It would. And I'd also be like, he needs to go to a hospital. <laughs> we see. That ties in because the election was, I think, in 1924. And the like scholars are going like, well, if this would have been common knowledge at the time, surely like his opponent would have jumped on that opportunity to go, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's Saying true. Saying you were fighting a ghost. <laughs> but also, like, you know, back then, if I found out the president was fighting ghosts, I'd be like, he's got my vote, you know? <laughs> he's going to protect us from them witches and the British Especially them British witches. <laughs> also, during the time, like those those years, when this is said to have happened, his movements were really well documented, like in his journals and like the journals of his party. Yeah. Uh, and there's like no other mentioning, other than this account of his knowledge of the witch or the Bell family. All right. I believe it. I choose to believe. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Just because it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Nowadays, on the site where the Bells would have owned, there is a cave... I suppose the cave was there when they owned it too. It's called the Bell Witch Cave nowadays. And it's said that when she eventually headed off and left the family alone, that's where she went. Oh. Uh, there's a story where a young Betsy Bell and some of her friends, they'd gone to explore the cave. And while they were in there, one of the boys crawled into a hole and became stuck. Oh, no. Horrific. Like, that's not it. nightmare fuel. However, a voice cried out, I'll get him out. And the boy felt hands grasping at his feet and he was pulled out of the hole and then the supposed entity while remaining invisible then gave them like a lecture on reckless cave exploring are you serious that is hilarious oh my god imagine imagine getting heckled by a ghost like getting yeah. scolded by a ghost for being in a cave G- getting getting learned yeah <laughs> by a witch ghost you'd, you'd get the fright of your life though wouldn't you I yeah. want to go there where is it it's in Tennessee. Tennessee? No, I won't go there. <laughs> so, you were asking earlier, what could that liquid be? Yes. There's a speculation. I read in an interview with um, a doctor, Megan Mann, from Austin Pay State University. She thinks that it could be arsenic. Oh. Kind of like when you burn it, it would show up blue. It's one of the reasons. And also just like the symptoms. Okay. Would have been like gradual arsenic poisoning. Do you think it was maybe his wife? We see. Back then, uh, she says, we know that back then arsenic poisoning was becoming such an issue that many places in the United States and in Europe where it was happening a lot, they were actually making laws specifically to punish people who were accused and found guilty of poisoning people with arsenic. Yeah. And traditionally, arsenic is the poison of choice of the wife. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. In these cases. Because that's usually... How they kill their husbands. Yeah. So, maybe. That's cool. Maybe. Crazy. Uh, I don't like that it killed the cat either. No, that was bad news. Why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, why would you even try it? Like, like that's just asking to kill the cat. It's cruel. Uh, it's also speculated that potentially 
his affliction was a neurological disorder that no one would have known about because it was the early 1800s. Yeah. Coincidentally, called Bell's Palsy. Oh, no way. That's Named for a different bell. What a coincidence. And what that'll do, it'll cause like a paralysis or a weakness on one side of the face. Yeah, I know. It actually happens to one of my family members. Ah. Yeah. And it like comes and goes. Yeah, it like, it can just come it? and go. And like, you literally just lose movement in part, certain parts of your face or whatever. So like, you might be able to blink with one eye, but not the other. Oh. It's weird. But that, that would that would explain kind of his situation, trouble eating. Yeah, yeah, it would, definitely. That's interesting, huh? So I also I read from one source kind of regarding the daughter and the engagement. Betsy and Joshua's, their former school teacher, a man called Richard Powell, he had been interested in Betsy for some time and he had been saying that he had interest marrying her when she became older. Creepy, very creepy. Creepy, immensely creepy. He was 11 years older than her. Oh, okay. Um, supposedly a student of the occult ventriloquism. Whoa, hold on, he's... <laughs> what? <laughs> he did ventriloquism? Yes. So he's able to, like, throw his voice? <laughs> yes, by some accounts. How convenient. What the How fuck? convenient. <laughs> That's uh, wild. How do they even have a record of that? <laughs> I don't know, like... I thought, like, back then, if somebody somebody did ventriloquism, they'd immediately be burned at the stake for being a witch. That was showing up on strange sites, so... Okay. (laughs) Take take with it, like, a a double helping assault. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, according to early accounts, he politely expressed his disappointment with Betsy's engagement to Joshua and wished her a long and prosperous marriage. Like, what sort of, like, backhanded way is that like? Mm, Yeah. Bit odd. This whole story's a bit odd, though. And he had expressed his unwavering fondness for her, which is quite creepy. Yeah, definitely. Sort of the sceptical slant, a sceptic called Joe Nickel, has written that many of the people who knew Betsy suspected her of fraud, and the Bell Witch story sounds suspiciously like an example of the poltergeist faking syndrome, which, you know, we have heard of far too often, where... You know, a child is causing mischief and not letting on. Yeah, kind of similar to the... For one reason or another. Yeah, similar to the Enfield haunting. Yeah, a sceptical view of the Enfield haunting. Yeah, exactly, a sceptical view of it. Just because it's like 200 years old, there's many overlapping vague stories, many of which are folktales and legends of themselves, and then they're getting blurred into a historical account, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you have one thing that is like uh, an actual grain of truth, and then there's a bunch of stuff being added on, but because that they're all being added to something that was genuinely historical, it's being taken as true further down the line. It tends to happen a lot, like even in our mythology. There's people in Irish mythology who were real people and lived, but then like you know, people add add things to the stories over time, and it becomes more fiction than, than truth. But it's relatively based in fact. Yeah, especially if you're like you know you're a king or something, you're gonna have. Yeah. <laughs> the, the poet go to the next town and tell them all how class you are. It's really funny though because sometimes like kings, they could be the best king ever, and then but the stories written about them are horrible. <laughs> they're played yeah. as like the evil person, but like they were actually a decent ruler in their time or whatever. Sorry, that's completely derailing the story. We we can talk about uh, Irish kings and the power of the poets and the you know all that some other day because they were treated like the magic. Yeah, well the the poets were the druids, weren't they? They were. They were also the lawmen, yeah. the rememberers, because no one wrote anything down. <laughs> so, what do you think, Kaylee? Do you think it happened, or what do you think was the situation, or how much of it, or 
you know, what are your thoughts? I'm not sure. Definitely doesn't sound like a witch. And uh, it's actually not like by a modern standard. Mm. Far cry from the bitty early type of witch that we covered before. Yes. But. An actual cool witch. Yeah, bitty early. No offense to the bell witch. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it sounds, if if anything, it's a poltergeist. And even at that, I'm not even sure if it was even really around. It kind of sounds like an excuse for uh, the murder of her husband, (laughs) nearly. Yeah. Which doesn't excuse any of the the racism either, which is just crazy (laughs) to incorporate that into it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm kind of sitting on the fence with this one. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of always skeptical of things like that. Normally, kind of like a, a haunting or a poltergeist one, because it's, it's very hard to to prove. You yeah, know? that's fair. Uh, and it's definitely a case of it needs it needs to be proven as opposed to like the lack of evidence. Not yeah. Does that make sense? In those situations, I always think it's you know at its lightest, it's someone fooling around. Yeah. Or at its worst, it's like a cover up for, you know in the case of like you know the children getting hurt yeah you know it's 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 either someone covering up the fact that they're doing that or it's the trauma as a result of that sort of thing coming out you know as yeah that's quote unquote mischief or or you know the child you know inventing things like like almost like the third man syndrome actually to 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 tie it all together you know (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) You are. You might have actual the child believing the situation. Yeah, that's true. Very cool story, nonetheless. Like I really love stories like this. Yeah. So that account that that I've been using mostly, kind of most, the largest one I would think, uh, it was written by a man who wasn't alive when the haunting occurred, but it potentially has an account from one of the children. I believe at that point the stories could have grown legs. You know, just there's the amount of time between it. Yeah. Even if you, someone was to go, oh, none of this is true, it is still very important because we have these written accounts of what was believed at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, historically, the accounts are important sources into what people were thinking. Yeah. So even on that slant, you know, super interesting and really important. Yeah, and the president fought a ghost, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Andrew Jackson. I, all I know about Andrew Jackson is from the song Lydia the Tattooed Lady where he exists for one line. <laughs> he climbed up a hill. Did he? In the song he did. <laughs> you know more than I do then. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's all I have time for. There's so much more to cover. There's that whole book is archived out there if you want to go and read it, it'd be my guest. If you like the podcast, suggest us to your friends and family. and We'd appreciate that. If you have any personal ghost stories that you'd like us to read on the podcast, send them in to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com or if you have any stories that you'd like us to cover, send us an email or shoot us a message on any of our social media and we'll get back to you on it. I'm going to leave on this because there was a poem in that book. I didn't mean to make a bit out of the poetry corner, but here we are again. Oh, good God. So, uh, the Queen of the Haunted Dell from Ingram's book An Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. Mid-woodland bowers, grassy dell, by an enchanted murmuring stream, dwelt pretty, blue-eyed Betsy Bell, Sweetly thrilled with love's young dream. Life was like the magic spell that guides a laughing stream. Sunbeams glimmering on her fell, kissed by Lunar's silvery gleam. But elfin phantomas curse the dell, and Sylvian witches all unseen. As our tale will truly tell, wield a scepter over the queen. That's cool. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.